the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. You know, uh, since we have the Ukraine situation going on, it looks like Taiwan's uh, live and kicking thanks to a couple dumb moves by our politicians. I thought I'd just stress a few things. Only the dead have seen the end of war. And I believe that's Plato. And it, let it be remembered, too, that at a time of war, nearly everyone is under great strain. And this is, the, this is for all the soldiers out there. A true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. There we go. All right. Uh, you know, if, if, normally on this show, uh, we uh, we talk about things, you know, uh, that you can call in and get. OK, we talk about, uh, you know, we've talked about the health care report and health care is improving. Actually, it, it's the biotechs and the healthcare providers that are improving uh, more than anything. And, um, you know, uh, people have, have only had two people send in for the report, so I know I'm right. Uh, but anyway, the, the key is, is that um, um, you can get it. And we also have our dividend growth portfolio and our prime income list, which have been holding up like troopers, by the way, in this down market, which is uh, very, very positive. So it's something, um, you know, we, we try to do things that are timely. You know, last year we talked about the energy infrastructure report. Man, most of those stocks have done dynamite. Matter of fact, uh, in our our utility and our, I mean, our uh, infrastructure group, they were up for the year going into last week. And then they gave back a little bit last week because I, I think there's a change, a short term change in leadership, which is making me a little crazy, by the way. But, you know, uh, we offer these up, up to you. So if you want them, the, the energy, the infrastructure report, we only had one person send in for it. So usually when I don't have at least 10, um, I know I've got something. So I, I think energy, by the way, um, I was looking at the chart and, you know, we kind of broke, well, oil broke down. I don't know if necessarily energy stocks are going to break down, but oil broke down. And uh, I would suggest it's probably going to be weak into October. Uh, you know, I'm just using some measuring stuff that you do in uh, point and figure charts and things like that. So. Look, uh, first of all, this is a live show. So if you've got a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And look, at the terms of beats and misses on second quarter expectations, technology stands out for having one of the highest beat rates uh, in the S&P 500. Now, we're, we're talking about the GIS information technology sector. Uh, the communi- communication sector has been one of the weakest, um, but there's several, by the way, stocks in that, but starting to look like you know good stocks on a chart basis. So now regarding the change in forecast in percentage term, energy continues to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of keeping uh, 2022 earnings per share estimate growth forecasts from falling too much uh, for the S&P 500. And it's, it's, so it's keeping... The strategist price targets up there. All right. So, uh, but you know, the standouts so far have been energy, REITs, utilities, and tech. Uh, and utilities are part of that infrastructure and energy. All right. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a interesting. Uh, so far, since the bottom in, in, in June, small caps have been the stars. And, uh, you know, that's why I keep talking about our small cap list. 
By the way, we had another one taken over from that small cast list, and that's Ping Identity Systems. I think that's the fifth one in a year taken over from that group. So, uh, uh, you know, pretty good information is what I'm telling you. So you, you can get that, but, oh, I've got to tell you how to get that. And by the way, if you'd like to have coffee with me or, or do a wealth plan, you know, I keep talking about wealth plan and the cost of aging, you know, and uh, why you need a plan to figure out, hey, can I make it, all right? And, I, you know, most people with a little help can make it, all right? Uh, so if you go to WHK1420's webpage and you go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, it'll take you directly to my webpage. Uh, by the way, uh, I was at a, a client of mine's house, and he couldn't get there. All right. He was very upset. And, you know, by the way, he can get to my webpage other ways, but he was saying that, hey, you can't do it. And his uh, eight-year-old grandson <laughs> got him there. So it's not difficult. It's not difficult is what I'm trying to tell you. Although probably the eight-year-old grandson is more technically sound than I am. So anyway, now Powell, the Powell Unwind, let's talk about that. You know, Tom Porcelli was talking about the job openings data and, and you know, I, I guess if we look at Powell and the San Francisco uh, president daily, uh, she said part of our work is telling people where we expect interest rates to go in the future. And the financial markets, as you know, price that in. Part of it is people expecting us to do something going forward and they're reacting to that expectation. And it really would be premature to wind, unwind all that and say the job is done. That's a tidy comment. Basically, she called out Powell for making an absolute mess of the forward guidance, <laughs> which is kind of what he did. You know, he, he went he went from very bearish, you know, to very dovish in, in three sentences, by the way. Uh, so we tend to agree with the market that the Fed is closer to the end than the beginning. Uh, and believe me, you know, we, we, we had a half, half a rate, I mean, half a point rate increase that we had two three quarter points. That's that's a lot of rate increases. That's two percentage points in a very short period of time. Uh, and, you know, interest rates have been down a long, long time. But remember, for 40 years, buying bonds was a good thing. You not only got the, the yield, but you got some capital gains. We broke the downtrend line on the yield index. When yields go up, bond prices go down. Bond prices this year are down about 16%. So even if you were to bought bonds this year to step out of the stock market, you would have done better in the stock market because it's only down 13%. So you got to be careful. We've broken the long-term downtrend, okay? So don't forget that. We've broken the long-term downtrend. Interest rates are not going back to zero, folks. That's my humble opinion, all right? So now, uh, look, we had a great thing with uh, Kelly uh, Bogdanov. Bogdanova, I'm sorry, she's she's uh, one of our uh, top top research people, and uh, also had Rob Slimer on board, and a gentleman from our bond, bond department who's really good, by the way, too. And you know, they were talking about the year-to-date performance, and you know, since June 16th, we were down 23.1 percent. Now we're only down 13.6 percent. And by the way, that that Saturday, uh, I said, don't get too bearish. Okay, the bullish percent was below 25. The bullish percent is now at 49. And we're going to talk about something. Okay, uh, Jason, we have uh, online here, it sounds like. Jason, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hey, I just wanted to ask you with the CPI coming out, I think, Wednesday, how, how much of that inflation number do you believe incorporates um, wage uh, wage inflation. And the reason why I ask is, I think it's going to come down lower um, than, than many people think because energy um, had such a drop in the last month or month and a half. Um, and that, I know, makes up maybe 20% of the CPI. What I'm really concerned about is this entrenched wage growth because of the shortage of labor, people not wanting to work, baby boomers retiring. How are we going to ever kill that inflation, that part of it? Uh, that's a good question. And, you know, the real problem is that the Fed is working with demand when the real problem is supply, right? So yeah. the, the, I guess the key is, is that uh, the Democratic Party is, has taught us to be good little socialists. All right. And that's a problem. 
But uh, by the way, that's why I think that downtrend in the 10-year Treasury yield, it's not going back, okay? We're going higher. Uh, it's going to be a slow but sure process, but we'll go higher. Uh, you don't break a 40-year downtrend in interest rates uh, for no apparent reason. They flooded the market with money. They're going to do it again. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the Fed does. If the government drops 5 or $6 trillion, I mean, you know, when they drop the $4.5 trillion, that's a 35 38% increase in money supply. The Fed can't deal with that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, they're, they're going to have to bring rates up to 6% or something like that. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. Uh, That's what I wanted to ask you. How, how high do you think they're going to have to raise the rates before they finally, um, you know, take their foot off the gas? Jason, there's an old joke about uh, Greenspan going to heaven and, uh, and about interest rates. Uh, nobody knows. So I'm not going to okay. pretend to, to, make, to okay. make that call. All right. So uh, I am not a, I am not a Fed specialist. Uh, I'm an economist by trading, but uh, I just don't want to make that call. All right. Oh, I hear you. Okay. Have a good weekend. Yeah. All right. Be well. Anyway, it does look like it's looking a little bit more like recession, although the 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 numbers that came out Friday, 528,000 people got jobs. Uh, that was that blew out all expectations. Matter of fact, it's the highest number I've ever seen in my career, and I I'm not a spring chicken. So, you know, look, the yield curve is recessionary now. The, uh, the new orders minus inventory are in recession right now. The conference board of leading economic in indicators are neutral. So remember, we were all green just two months ago. Uh, so we've changed a little bit. So that is, that's something. The other thing is, I think, you know, RBC, the more I listen to our research, the more I see us becoming more cautious on earnings. Okay. So, uh, Look, uh, I think if, if I were a betting man, what I'd be looking for is if they raise rates again, I'd be looking in the two to five year area in bonds. That's, that's an easy way to, to make a little bit of money. And I don't think you're going to get killed there. Uh, you have to buy bonds of companies that know what they're doing. Okay. You know, you don't do it yourself. Don't even, and definitely don't use a mutual fund that uses, leverage that would be a bad idea because if i'm wrong you're going to get beat up pretty pretty bad so look uh the the four-year yield suggest our year cycle suggests the next major up cycle will occur in 2024 but that doesn't mean we have to be in a down cycle from there all right it's just you know growth for value growth is is again oversold and beginning to recover a little bit and i think the sector rotations are going to be important um you know, and I think it's, you know, the the first down may be the first out, okay? And technology kind of led the way down. So uh, just remember that part. Now, there is some things that you have to look at, okay? And that is, uh, you know, the, the S&P 500's downtrend line and the 200-day moving average is somewhere around 43.40, okay? So you got a ways to go. So we're still in a downtrend till we break that. The good news is we broke to a higher high for the first time. Now we've got to see if, if you know, we, we uh, have a lower, you know, I mean, a higher low, okay, which is which would be the first step in breaking that up through the 200-day moving average. So we had, you know, everybody was bearish. Nobody was bullish. That's very positive, uh, you know, long run. So, look, we've added some geopolitical heat. I mean, uh, China's gone absolutely ballistic on Pelosi going over to Taiwan. Um, and, and all I think she did was, uh, you know, she has an election coming up and he was not doing too well. All right. From what I read, he's not, he was not doing too well. And I think she just sparked nationalism. So that was, it wasn't a bright move in my, my humble opinion. I, you know, that's Tim Hayes' opinion. It's an RBC's opinion. So markets typically shake off war shocks, uh, after they bounce around a little bit, you know, uh, and it, in like the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, you know, we had a big sell-off then, and then we rallied. Um, and you know, we, we've had a couple others where the average sell-off is about nine percent, ten percent, and then we rally. Okay, so we'll see what happens here, but I, I, it's not a good thing. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at, I think uh, you know, when North Korea invaded South Korea, we had a twelve percent drop. 
Uh, Cambodia, we had a 15% drop. The Yom Kippur uh, war was 16%. Uh, Iraq invading Kuwait was 16%. You know, so we've had a, a lot of these big moves, but we've also had small moves. So uh, it just adds intrigue into the whole situation, which uh, I don't think we need right at the moment. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, the, the Chinese stocks look like they're breaking down again, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, look, I, I guess there's three or four questions you got to look at. How aggressive will the Fed be? And do they want to quash all the rallies? Uh, recession risk, uh, you know, as, as the economy momentum slows, is something another thing you got to pay attention to. And then finally, the pace of disinflation is energy, food, and housing all show signs of cooling fairly quickly, by the way. So that's something you have to pay attention to. And uh, look, investors remain broadly cautious on equities. There's still a lot of cash on the sidelines. And, and this is completely understandable given the carnage in the markets this year. And along with some great uncertainties associated with the trifecta of raising inflation, the Russian-Ukraine war, uh, and we'll slash that with now China and Taiwan, you know, which I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that China is going to try to take over Taiwan by the before the next election because if the Republican gets in, they ain't going to let that stuff happen, I don't think. And also, and then the third thing is you got hawkish Fed policy. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, inflation is if if. I think you could have some reasons to be constructive if inflation proves to be less sticky, the economic resilience is better than feared, which that's what Friday said. Okay. Uh, the U.S. economic dominance really gained in 2020. You can see that. I mean, we're probably the best house in, in uh, the worst neighborhood. And bad news is baked into equity valuations. There's a lot of bad news in there. And cash is on the sidelines big. I mean, it, it's huge. So, uh, you know, there, there's some stuff going on that, you know, look, if, if, if you look at investors, they, you know, the U.S. is in a recession if the third quarter GDP accelerates into a positive figure. Is, is it a recession or not? Uh, there are three tailwinds supporting the third quarter GDP be far stronger than expected. Gasoline. Gasoline is down, and that's known to be additive to consumer spending. That the second quarter inventory correction is over. Supply chain constraints are easing. So those are all positives. Okay, so let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. My first ride-along was with Jamal. Even before I was hired, they wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward. And it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland and I just wasn't happy with the corporate style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign that next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Why it works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct and consider it done at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Wallach Doodle. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Plotline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420 The Answer. The Plotline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. 
That's the Flat Line with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. WHK Radio.com, and Odyssey.com. Okay, we're back. I was just looking at it. It looks it just looks hot out there and our poor my poor technician Lenny who's uh helping me out here is sitting in no air conditioning at the at the studio. So thank God I'm home. Anyway, um some interesting stuff happened this week and I'm kind of going to kind of jump around a little bit so I apologize normally I'm fairly organized but uh something occurred that I think uh, a couple things occurred this week that I think you ought to know about and I think this is very positive. First of all, uh, our friends at Dorsey Wright, uh, there's, there's one of their indicators, and uh, I just use their symbols. It's a BPSPX. And what it does, it measures the percentage of S&P 500 stocks trading on point-and-figure buy signals. And it went from 27 to 70 in two weeks. Wow. Now, that, that hasn't happened too often, all right? Um, I think it's happened, like, well, in modern times. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven times. This will be the eight. And the average yearly return has been 23%. We have not had a negative return except for in 15, we just had a 1.3% return. And in 327 or 2020, uh, we went up 59%. So those are the two parameters. But the average is 23, the median is 19.8. So that's that's positive. Now the other thing I think is really kind of neat is, um, you know, the fact that we went into bull confirmed status. Now in the Dorsey Wright system, okay, this is designed way back when. That's the most positive thing that can happen. You're in a column of X's and you go into bull confirmed status. Isn't that neat? So I think we have a couple months of decent. Stock market activity is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, things change, and I may, be, you know, I mean, if it reverses, I'll tell you about it next week. But look, you got to remember, it t- the economy is like a big old aircraft carrier, okay? And for those of us, <laughs> maybe we have some people from the Navy uh, out there. And if you are an aircraft carrier, you know, the captain doesn't say to the, the first mate, hey, you know, I want you to go down to that island and take a hard right. It doesn't work that way. You know, a big aircraft carrier takes some time to turn it. So you got to make sure that you're you're thinking that way. All right. So the, the point is the economy is this big, huge thing, and it takes a while to turn it. So normally when you get to bull confirmed status, you get you have a bit of a correction. All right. You get a bit of a pullback, and it's a great buying opportunity. So we'll, we'll con- continue to talk about that as we go. Now, the growth stocks seem to be run, running the show right now, and I would suggest that there's some, you know, it, it, it's a lot of uh, uh, technology stocks, and especially cyber stocks. Cyber security stocks are really look really powerful, and uh, also uh, clean energy is coming back. Uh, clean energy just got absolutely pulverized <laughs> in the first quarter. I mean, man, you know, they were leading the way, and they just got creamed. So you got to be careful what you, you know. I have a couple names I. Just found one today, you know, while I was doing my charts that I really, really like. Uh, but that's kind of interesting. Um, and so you have to kind of, you know, just pay attention is what I'm suggesting. You know, it's, uh, look, uh, I was I was talking to my, my uh, protege, <laughs> um, I, or who I am, I, I, I'm his protege, I'm sorry. He's 93 years old. He lives in New York City, and he goes to work every day. God bless him. He's probably one of the best chartists outside of Rob Schleimer and Bob Dickey that I know of. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I was talking to him and we were talking about the, the FANG stocks and, and the big, you know, the big, he calls them the big 12. And with the exception of Meta, uh, which is kind of neutral to ugly, uh, which, you know, we don't know about yet, all the rest of them look, are showing signs of improvement. And if they've crossed over the 50-day moving average and are very close to having the 20-day moving average cross over the 50, which would be very, very positive. So if those go, the rest of the market's going to follow. And remember what I said last week, the IWM, the Russell 2000, not 
uh, which is the easy way to buy small caps, broke out, broke its downtrend line. So those are big positives. And I, I, I think that uh, if you, you know, you continue to, uh, well, let's put it this way. I think people are, are overly bearish right now. I'll just say that. And uh, I don't know any better way to put it. But um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's something that you have to take into account. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll probably have a test of the low again. But too many people were looking for it this summer. Okay. That's simple. When pe- Look, the market works in a way that the most people lose money. <laughs> okay. And that's just, it's psychological because they're, First of all, they're not using the bullish percent. You know, we were down at 25. I started buying a few things and unfortunately it took off on me too fast. But, uh, and so far, by the way, I bought a couple ideas that had good positive news flow and they went down. That made me a little crazy. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, we do have a rebound. Okay. And, and that's, that's the good news. Like I said, we have in the NASDAQ composite, higher high now that's very positive so on the next test of the low if we have a higher low that'd be very positive and then the next test i think would be the 200 day moving average which on the the s p 500 would be about uh, uh 4340 to be exact and the nasdaq uh, it would be about twelve thousand and some change okay so those are things to think about um so it's important. Uh, actually, I'll take that back. <laughs> Make that thirteen thousand uh, five hundred. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong, wrong line. My eyes aren't as good as they used to be. Uh, anyway, so the ten-year yield has had a substantial pullback from, you know, uh, where it was uh, just weeks ago at, at three and a quarter, uh, at three forty-nine, let's say, um, and and had a big move up on Friday, big move up on Friday. That labor number was outstanding. And I'm sure Biden's going to pat himself on the back all the way to, you know, the election. So now it also, the dollar had come right to support and, and it bounced hard. So that's another thing that you got to think about. So I I think you have to, there's some things you got to revisit. Energy will probably be, you know, in, October, September and October, that's when you want to start to, you know, buy those things. Financials and semiconductors look really good. Uh, And also, look, we're going to get bombarded by China and Russia as far as computers. And you better have somebody watching over your shoulder. So the companies, you know, that do that type of thing uh, are going to be important. And I mean, there was one that I owned. And I still own some of it. I don't own as much as I do, but it was up 15 bucks Friday. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, I, I was worried going into the earnings because uh, there's been a few disappointments and they, they clobbered the stocks. So I didn't buy it again. So now I got to wait for the pullback and see what happens. So, uh, but then the other area is clean energy. Clean energy seems to be picking up. Uh, but, you know, energy uh, kind of bottomed as, and it's, and it's a rising 40-week moving average, but at its 40-week moving average, it turned. Now, I'm talking about the stocks now, not the oil. Uh, financials continue to show signs of bottoming around their 200-week moving average, which is positive, and semiconductors showed the same thing. So those are all good good scenarios to be involved in, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Now, look, um, the momentum on a weekly basis the S&P 500 was very oversold and it's turning up. So we'll see what happens. But with that and the quadrant balance indicator, which we haven't talked about in a while for S&P 500, which is down where there's been some pretty big rallies because it's so oversold. uh, We had a small uptick, but not a big uptick. Okay. So there could be a pretty big rally going forward. And I don't think anybody's expecting, and there's a lot of people short. And there's a lot of people in cash. I mean, we've got the biggest cash position still that we've ever had in the history of the stock market, okay, in dollars. 
and in percentages, by the way. So, I look, I, I think, you know, the next important resistance is 4,100, 4,200. And then followed by, uh, I don't know, I think it's 4,350. I think Schleimer thinks it's 4,416. Rob's better than I am. I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, say 4,416. Uh, so, Look, one of the things that I think is important is the advanced decline line has really moved up. So what we're getting is is a move in breadth, you know, and that's important. You know, when you want a bottom, you want everybody participating. So we're, we're starting to see uh, the advanced decline line. Also, the relative performance to the NASDAQ to the S&P 500 has turned up. It's made a series of higher lows. So those are all important things uh, because that means the 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 actual market is spreading out, okay? And like I said last week, you know, we we talked about the the number of stocks below their 50 and 200 day moving average, they're at lows too. So that would be a very very positive. But the the 50 days moving averages have now, you know, we went from 3% 3 weeks ago when I first talked about it 49. How's that? That's a big move, folks. So we're having improvement. All right. And that's the key. We're having improvement. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, let's take a break and we'll be right back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. In Medina, there's a new place for you to grab a sandwich and beverage, relax, and enjoy the company of friends and family. Planted Flag Brewing on Pearl Road. Here's Aaron, the owner. My wife, Karen, and I are both Air Force veterans, and every time you move somewhere new in the military, you would plant your flag. You'd share your story about who you are and what you're about. This business was our opportunity really to plant our flag, share our story about who we are and what we're about. Planted Flag. It's all about good food, good beer, and a real feeling of community. That's something we're all looking for. I hope they feel like this is their home. We brought beer and food that I had made at home and my wife had made at home. And we use a lot of locally sourced ingredients. Our beef, chicken, and pork are all sourced from Ohio farms or processed here in Ohio. Planted Flag has a warm, friendly feel, a kid-friendly menu, delicious original sandwiches, and a relaxing outdoor dining space with picnic tables and umbrellas and a rustic atmosphere. Try Planted Flag Brewing, 3594 Pearl in Medina. See plantedflag.com. Okay, we're back. <laughs> if you just tuned in, Smart Investor Show. And uh, once again, if you have a live question, 216 901 0945. 216 901 0945. And, you know, the relationship between growth and value has continued to be extremely volatile at this point. And um, one of the ways to visual, visualize the relationship from a historical perspective, anyway, is using, you know, the, the Invesco. Uh, pure growth versus the Invesco pure value. And one of the things that you find is there's a very tight relationship between those two and the TNX, which is the 10-year Treasury yield index, okay? Yield index. So sometimes you can chart the yield index, which uh, uh, when the yield index goes down, growth goes up. When the yield index goes up, value goes up. Simple. And uh, growth had been winning the, the battle here uh, until Friday. And then Friday, uh, you know, we had a whopper of an employment number. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see uh, because, you know, most of the yield indexes, uh, the 10 and the 30 anyway, were up limit on, on the exchanges. So uh, that tends to be, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a big day. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, now, you know, we always talk about the bullish percent on this show, and I hope you don't get bored listening to it because it's a great tool if you use it the right way. It was designed in the, in the 
by a guy who wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. Okay, so he he constructed a point and figure chart, which was the way to chart for you know with the, that's how the box theory and how I made two million dollars by Nicholas Darvis and all those things, all those books. They this is what they based it on. Okay, and so the the chart was from zero to one hundred. X's means we when you're in a column of X's that means we have the offensive team on the field. When we get in a column of O's, we have the defensive team on the field. That's distribution. And trust me, distribution happens a lot faster than accumulation. There was two points in the chart, 70 and 30. At 70 was the red zone. That's when 70% of the stocks are on point and figure charts, buy signals. You better be careful then. Too many, too many people bullish. You remember, last spring, all we talked about from uh, three months, we were at 80. And my clients were kind of upset with me because I didn't have any great ideas, all right, because I, I know better, all right? But the point is, is that when you get below 30, that's when you're supposed to be bullish. That happened three weeks ago. You know, in June, we were 23. We're now at 51.9, and we're a column of X's, and we're in bull confirmed status. How about that, huh? That's a quick change. So people were getting too, too uh, bearish. And what I thought was interesting is the over-the-counter index, which was at 18, is now at 34 in a column of Xs and very close to going to bull-confirmed status also. And the world indexes uh, were up 2.5 to 43. They got a ways to go uh, to, to get to bull-confirmed status. But all three of the major indexes that we look at or the major situations we look at are in a column of Xs. It's bullish. So everybody's sitting on the sidelines. And I've got some people starting to buy now. I, I must admit, um, and it, it, look, you know, you can't be perfect in this job. It's impossible. I don't know if you're right seven out of ten times, you're a home run hitter. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett, everybody talks about him, but he's still right only six out of ten times. Okay, So the point is, is that I've been buying things, and there's been good news, and they've sold off a little bit. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, 50, 60 percent. I'm talking about, you know, four or five percent. But it still makes me a little nuts, uh, you know, because you try to do things technically, you hear good news and the stock sells off. So you, you, I think you've got to be careful what you buy. And the problem is, is the rotation is fast because there's a lot of money on the sidelines. It's that simple. So, you know, I, I just think uh, if you look at dynamic asset level investing, all right, um, you know, commodities are still number one, cash is still number two, and domestic equities are number three. Then it's fixed income, then it's international equities, and then it's currencies. So, you know, that that in itself is telling you that commodities have backed up 30% in most cases, and they're still number one. That just tells you how far domestic equities have fallen, okay? Uh, and cash has moved up from last place to second place. That's uh, also something to pay attention to. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to look at commodities right now, and I think they'll be a great buying opportunity. Remember, commodities broke their downtrend line back, dating to 2013. The dollar broke its downtrend line dating back to 1984. And interest rates have broken their downtrend line dating back to 1980. 40 years, 36 years, and 13 years. Those are long downtrends, folks. So I think they're going to be leadership uh, you know, going forward. It'll be interesting to... I'm not saying that you have to get out of all your technology stocks or all that stuff. That'd be dumb. But um, there will be probably more opportunities going there. So if I look at the dynamic asset level sector ranking, what is what is dynamic asset level investing? It's relative strength investing. Okay? It's relative strength. You want to be in the best stock in the best group is what it comes down to. So consumer non-cyclical is number one. Uh, that means staples. Energy is number two, and it's fallen 30 points. Utilities number three, industrials number four, financials number five, and real estate number six. Now, last summer, energy, basic materials, which have fallen pretty hard, uh, were dead last, and utilities were third to last, tied with healthcare. Actually, healthcare was dead last with basic materials. Energy and utilities and basic materials were number one, you know, number one, two, and three just a month ago. Remember, last summer, we talked about our energy and infrastructure conference. You know how much money you would have made if you would have bought, got, grabbed that uh, report? <laughs> there we go. So healthcare is right below real estate. All right? So it's picking up steam. It keeps picking up points. 
mostly in the biotech and the healthcare services area. Uh, I, well, I'll call it, uh, yeah, healthcare services uh, area. So energy, I think you want to overweight, but I think you, I think, you know, you got a month or two because it's sold off. So it's going to have to go sideways for a while. Utilities, I think you want to overweight. Industrials, equal weight. Uh, real estate, equal weight. Um, and, and then technology and consumer discretionary are still underweight at this point, as far as I'm concerned. And healthcare is underweight, but improving. How about that? Um, so everybody asked me about China. Um, you know, we obviously look at China pretty closely, which means because a second ranked company out of 42 countries that we, we follow. So, um, the movement repeatedly over the last several weeks as, as uh, the country skyrocketed higher in the ratings, uh, moved from 34th to the third spot. The past few weeks, it's headed straight back down. So, uh, Got to be careful with China right now, I think. And, I, you know, everybody, I've been asked by m- multiple people about bonds. And uh, I think bonds, you, you want to definitely use a ladder approach. And I would be buying just the two, you know, two and four year stuff right now, uh, two, five year. But the 10 year treasury broke a quadruple bottom at 2.7%. Now I'm talking about the yield now. Okay. Now, what's interesting, it was reversed right out of that on Friday. So you don't see reversals like that after a big, you know, when you break a quadruple bottom. It's very unusual. It's called a bullish reversal or bearish reversals, you know, because you're in a bear situation in reverse. So that type of thing is very, uh, very important. Uh, Now, a couple things, and and, uh, I had some people out there that were really interested in copper. And I noticed copper, at, you know, back from January uh, of 22, um, it had this straight up move and then reversed back down in a big way. Okay. And it's got that same type of formation now. So I think you want to be careful with copper right at the moment, although I do like it long term. Okay. Remember, when commodities broke out, they were just about to come back and test that downtrend line. And then the war broke out and they all went nuts. So they got a lot farther to correct to that downtrend line and test it one more time before they go back up. That's all you got to remember. Okay. So it's going to, I think copper could be tough for a while. I, you know, uh, somebody asked me about, um, you know, is copper important? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if what we're going to do is house people more and, you know, do all the things we want to, we're doing t- talk about ten- technology, et cetera. You're going to have to have more copper. It's that simple. So I just, I leave it like that and, um, you know, um, take it from there. Uh, I just got an email from, I think it's, I don't know. I think he spelled his name wrong. <laughs> I think it's Mary. Um, it's either Mary or Maury. Um, and she said, uh, where do I find information on the hidden costs of aging? And I, well, I can review them with you, but the best way to do it is put a wealth plan together. And remember, if you're a prospective client now, you can do a wealth plan. And But remember, you got to add your expenses. I have two people that didn't add their expenses, and I don't think they're getting the full uh, benefit of the wealth plan. Okay. So, uh, but look, you you have stuff happening in retirement and it's realities. You, sometimes you have to remodel your home, you have home health care, you have home support, assisted living, stuff like that, you know, that you're not expecting that occurs. Okay. As we get older. So there's a lot of things that we have to be thinking about and uh, housing decisions, formulating a plan, you know, all that good stuff. So that's, that's where you have to be paying attention. So uh, Maury or Mary, uh, th- there we go. Now, look, the S and P 500 is getting 12% in six weeks, and it's carried prices right below very important resistance. And what I like about it is the New York Stock Exchange advanced decline line has exceeded its trend line for 2020. Two, that's a big positive. And the S&P 500 is above its 50-day moving average. It's the highest level in more than a year. So those are all positive things, okay? And I think, uh, 
you know, you, you, those are the type of things that you got to uh, remember. Now, somebody asked me about uh, oil, and and oil has broken its its uptrend line. Okay, dating back to you know basically the bottom in 2020. 2020. So, uh, Powell's you know increases are working is what it comes down to. So I think you got to be equally careful. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of these oil companies coming back to support, and they got to hold. Uh, they may go sideways for a while. Uh, I think right now, though, what I'm seeing is, you know, stuff that I think is important is that the alternative uh, energy sources are doing quite well. So, uh, and like I said, you know, look, we've come to a point where there's some pretty strong resistance in the S&P 500, right around the 4,200 level. Right now, we don't have any evidence of peaking yet, okay? So you just got to remember the aircraft carrier thought process is because when we turn this thing and we go into bull confirm status, usually there's a bit of corrective phase before we go forward. Everybody says, let's crazy, but it, look, the economy doesn't turn on a dime, okay? Neither does, uh, you know, an aircraft carrier. So, look, um, studies, you know, if we look at seasonal studies, uh, usually what you see is a subdued July following a strong, uh, I mean, a sub subdued August following a strong July in midterm years, okay? Uh, so that's something to think about. And and if we look at the Elliott wave counts, it suggests uh, oil probably has lower prices into October. Let's take a break and, and we'll come back with insider buying. All right, stay tuned. The best things in life are free, but you can keep them for the best and these not give me more. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Charlie Kirk gives you a lesson in economics. Again, what makes our program a little bit different is we go a level deeper. We try to explain the why, not just the what. You can get out of debt a couple different ways. You can tax your way out of it, you can cut your way out of it, or you can inflate your way out of it. You cannot print wealth. We know this. And it's something that we've been warning about for quite some time here on our program. The Charlie Kirk Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. Hey friends, it's Christine here with private school savings too good to pass up. Right now, you can save 50% on private school tuition to some of the best private schools in the area at northeastohiodeals.com. School isn't far away and enrollment is going on now. So check out the deal at northeastohiodeals.com. Northeast Ohio Deals, savings at your fingertips. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Live in, <laughs> live in Cleveland. Uh, anyway, if you got a question, remember the phone number here is 216 901 0945. That's 216 901 0945. Now we're going to talk about insiders, okay? So, what we've done is we've talked about the strategy, you know, about how energy stocks are holding up the SP 500, basically, and and that we've, we've had some technical things that are very positive occur. And then we talked about different groups. We talked about cloud security. We talked about alternative energy. We talked about financials and a few other names, okay? Now we're going to tell you, hey, this is where the insiders are buying. You know what? You sell stock for a lot of reasons. You buy it in the open market for one reason, because you think you're going to make money. That's simple. And these guys know the companies. You know, they sit on the board meetings, man. You know, they know what they're talking about. 
So what we're trying to do is we're trying to combine technicals, fundamentals, and insider buying, the whole three together. Usually going to make a lot more money, all right? But these guys are early, so just remember that. So Artul International, I, I'm, I tried looking them up, and I, I saw some stuff on them, but there wasn't too too much in detail. But one of the direct, they're a director, uh, and I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. They bought LXRX, which is uh, a uh, it, it's a small biotech, and uh, they are uh, it's called Lexicon Pharmaceuticals, and they, they just got killed. Uh, they were they were three fifty, and then they broke down to two fifty. And at two fifty, these guys bought sixteen thousand sixteen million one hundred seventy three eight hundred shares. That's not chump change. That's about 40 million, 40 and a half million. So now also one of the directors there, uh, Ray DeBain, he bought 2.5 million. And then uh, we also invest U.S. Partners, which is another uh, director. Uh, they bought 2.456 million. So sounds like they did a secondary and these guys jumped on top of it. And you know, this is really unusual because Franklin Resources, the insiders, uh, Franklin Resources themselves have been buying quite a bit. They bought $25 million on the third. Remember, they've been buying all July and, and June. Uh, they, then, they, then they bought uh, a couple days later $21,750,000 worth. And, you know, they have been buying, uh, you know, they bought back on August 2nd, they bought 500,000 shares. Uh, and then they've also been buying the Templeton Global Income Fund, which is interesting, you know, so they continue to buy that, uh, and they bought it one, two, three, four, five times last week. So, um, obviously they're very interested. Now here's a couple other names, Global Water Resources. Uh, this is a regulated water utility, uh, and their director, John Levine, bought $7.3 million worth of stock. So that's pretty interesting. And here's uh, Pin Interest, which just got killed. You know, it was $100 stocks. was down at, uh, you know, like 14 or, no, I'm sorry, 17 or 18. Uh, is now 22. And William Reedy, who's the new CEO, uh, bought $5 million worth of stock. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, you know, so people are still out there. Now, Wayne Smith, who's also the executive chairman at Community Health Systems, which is uh, medical health facilities. This thing got killed. It was at uh, ten bucks, and then went from five down to three fifty. And at two ninety four, he he bought two point three million, and uh, I believe that was a second purchase. And then also TransUnion, which got beat up. It was ninety dollars. Is now seventy eight. At seventy nine, the president and CEO Chris Cartwright bought uh, one point nine million, almost two million dollars worth. Um, Oh, you know what? I forgot I mentioned uh, on Global Waterworks, we also had Andy Cohn buy $1.5 million worth. So a uh, couple buyers there. And then Stanley uh, Bla uh, Stanley Black & Decker uh, came out with earnings at $120, pre-announced, got whacked. And the director, uh, Andrea Ayers, bought uh, $1.4 million worth. And then our good friend uh, at Planet Green Holdings, which is a little, I think it's 90 cents. Uh, we had a director, or I think it was chief executive officer, Bin Zhao, by $1.5 million. And then uh, this is kind of interesting because uh, B. Riley Financial uh, is a brokerage house. Um, and, you know, they were buying a lot a couple months ago. And Rick uh, Polson was one of those guys. He bought another $1.3 million, And then two days later, he bought another 750000 And, you know, we had one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight, nine, ten, eleven insider buys in the last two months. So, uh, you know, you like when they keep coming back for more. And, and by the way, the stocks, you know, made its way up a little bit. So, now a couple other names. Uh, we we had Match. dot com got beat up on their earnings, and we had the uh, chief executive officer uh, Bernie Kim buy a million dollars worth, and then First Solar, uh, you know, which is near Toledo, uh, at a new high. The chief commercial officer, uh, George Anton, bought a million dollars close. So you like seeing that. By the way, uh, Wayne Smith bought twice at uh, Community Health, uh, CYH is the symbol. Uh, so he, he bought $600,000 uh, a couple days before the, the million-dollar buy. So um, some things that are I think are kind of interesting because you're, you start, you're starting to see more and more people buy multiple buys. 
like Rocket Mortgage, you know, our good friend Jay Farner, uh, he bought, you know, right before the earnings. And the earnings weren't as good as everybody expected, but he keeps basically buying 20,000 shares a day, uh, which is interesting. And I, I also noticed a multiple buys in Ultra Life Battery, which is a little $5 stock. They paid 460 for it, and there's one, two, three, four buys. So you like to see multiple buys. And then finally, one other uh, multiple buy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that's a multi. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Uh, and it's called Prog Holdings, rental and leasing. The chief innovation officer bought uh, about $960,000 worth. And then we had one other buyer uh, buy less, but it was about $210,000. So there we go. All right. So uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> we, we've got, you know, the S&P 500 right below some of the June peaks before they sold off. Those are pretty important resistance going into the end of the week. All right. And crude oil and gold sell-offs uh, are likely to continue. I don't know how bad they're going to be, but they're, you know, they're likely to continue. Cyber security names are, are starting to act much better. I got three or four names there and I, I was afraid to buy them into earnings. I should have, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, also, like I said, I'm, I'm starting to see some real good stuff as far as, uh, you know, alternative energy. That That's really been good good place to be. And like I, sa- I said, uh, some of the FANG stocks have started to outperform. And usually when the big names go, and there, by the way, there's about 15 stocks in that category. And with the exception of one, all the rest of them are starting to move a little bit or look like they're just about to move, uh, which should be good for the entire uh, market, I would think. And, you know, the growth stocks have held up uh, after the June lows. They've, they've come forward uh, because interest rates came down. They went from 348 down to 270 and broke 270 and then rallied back up. Now, the huge job print on Friday could be a catalyst for a short-term pullback in stocks. I don't know. That's that's my opinion. Um, because it it was a rapid ratcheting up of both the dollar and the ten year and thirty year treasury yield. I mean, they both they all went limit up. So that's usually a sign that you know maybe there's going to be some pressure on some of those growth stocks that that people have been uh, you know you know uh, buying you know at cheap prices uh, for the for the whole thing. But right now. I would be looking at the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list and our small cap portfolio and our all cap portfolio, which you can get by going to WHK's website, local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. It goes directly to my web page. While you're there, look at the insight page. It's a, it's, it's a banner. There's also, we revolve, I personally revolve all the information in there all the time. So it's good stuff. Under bulletin board, you'll find Rob Schleimer's roadmap. Very good stuff, plus a newsletter, which is very good stuff, too. If you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me or just talk about your portfolio, we can do it in my office. We can do it uh, someplace close to you. I love getting out of the office uh, or my house. I've been you know, moving back and forth between the two. And just sit down. Look, there are costs to aging. I've talked to you about that. And there's only two things certain in, in life, death and taxes. With our wealth plan, we can try to avoid at least the tax part of it, <laughs> and we can also help you with the cost of aging. Hey, thanks for the time this afternoon. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Remember, uh, buy low and sell high. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. claims or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash timhayes. 
That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.